0: This episode is brought to you by BAM spray in motor oil for those high mileage engines, try our high mileage spray in motor oil and now the car space podcast. Hello and welcome to the AutoRift Studios. On this episode, we're going to look at the new NASCAR Next Gen car uh, and kind of how it compares to the last generation. Uh, I'm sure there's a lot of there's a lot of YouTube shows, there's a lot of podcasts out there talking about this. But uh, I've been a pretty big fan of NASCAR since I was pretty young, and this car really interested me, so I really wanted to get into it and break it down. So the seventh generation NASCAR Cup car was revealed about halfway through last season, as far as what the manufacturers were going to look like. But the actual prototype was unveiled a couple of years before that in testing. Uh, at the time, it was uh, camouflage; it didn't look like any one particular car. So the 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 idea behind this car was obviously to provide safer racing, better racing, and that the cars looked more like the actual road going cars as well as cheaper for the teams to actually operate. Uh, so all the objectives were uh, pretty equally important if you ask me. Obviously safety is always a top priority because if your driver is not alive, it's hard to root for them. Providing racing is better for all of us. Uh, it, the consume, we are the consumers of the product that is auto racing and the product that we see needs to keep us entertained so to that degree I would say all racing uh, forms, all forms of racing are good in my opinion. Uh, I, I'm not here, I don't go watch races to see 40 cars nose to tail the entire time. What I care is that the fastest car and the best driver win the race. Uh, I don't care if there's 40 cars in the lead lap or two, honestly. So some of the good things about this new car, obviously it's a completely new design and we'll get into breaking that down in a second. Uh, what kind of comes from that is that uh, instead of all the cars being made essentially in house, uh, the parts all come from manufacturers of uh, so like the chassis comes from somebody, the bodies come from somewhere, and so it's very hard for your Goliath teams like say a Hendrick or a Joe Gibbs to spend the extra money in developing very specialized parts. Uh, those specialized parts, obviously, going to make it uh, faster and faster on top of everybody else, where the little teams can't catch up unless it's only Daytona or Talladega and they they happen into it. Uh, so I think that that's pretty important uh, for me that you, you see this more parity where the little dog can, in fact, squeak out a win or get better finishes because maybe. Maybe front row motorsports has better drivers, but they have worse cars. But now, with that more even playing field, that's, uh, you know, hopefully that'll bring that about. Obviously, that's been, uh, money's been a big thing for uh, these teams probably since almost the inception of NASCAR and auto racing in general. Uh, so it, obviously, I think those teams will eventually win out again. There's no way of really stopping that. So, uh, but in the initial, the beginning portion, you'll see the best drivers, I think, doing well. So as far as what stays the same in the last generation versus the the new generation, uh, they'll still have four tires and wheels. Uh, they'll still have a V8 that propels them. And uh, that's about it. <laughs> uh, so the last generation, we just going to go ahead and start. So I do have a, a model car here that I'll use kind of to to help showcase my points and uh, for those of you listening on the podcast i'll try to just explain as best i can but here we have uh one of my this is actually two generations ago race car now but a lot of the stuff uh stays the same that we're going to be talking about so the first big change you'll see here on the model is the old cars all had a ford nine inch solid axle rear end uh and i would challenge you to go out and find a car still being built today that isn't a truck that has a solid axle rear end. You're not going to. They've they've gone away. The last one I think maybe was a generation or two ago, the Mustang. Uh, When they first came back with the kind of retro inspired look, they still had a a solid axle rear end, but that's now gone away as well. Pretty much everything at this point has a independent rear suspension. And now the new NASCAR does too. Uh, Another big change uh so you'll see here on my car and uh the last generation car uh was the same way the last generation and all the generations before that pretty much had steel 15 inch wheels on them so right here uh this uh this model car has them they all had them and now they have 18 inch aluminum wheels another big change with those wheels you'll see is that they all had five lug nuts Pretty typical of most modern-day road cars. Supposed to have four, five, six lug nuts, uh, depending on the car. Uh, the new car, like I said, has 18-inch aluminum wheels, and they also have a single locking center lug nut. The reason for the single locking lug, uh, lug nut, uh, in one part, safety. It's a lot harder to have a loose wheel if you've only got one lug nut to, to tie down or to to tighten down. Uh, Another big change. reason for that change was that aluminum obviously is lighter, uh, and we'll get to the weight here in a second, weight savings in a second, but also is more uh, prone to deforming, if not tightened with equal pressure across, especially at the speeds that they're going. So the five lug nuts didn't make sense in that regard because a lot of times NASCAR cup cars, all the NASCAR cars, would have uh, loose lug nuts and it's not as big a deal on a steel wheel you get by you move on the aluminum wouldn't hold up to that so the single lug nut was important there so the, alu- the new aluminum wheels are made by BBS and uh, let's say if you had an 18 inch steel wheel they would weigh somewhere around 70 pounds each which is why they didn't go with it in this case they weigh a lot less so it's a lot less for the crew members to all across to the other, one side of the car and back the other reason for the bigger wheels, as opposed to the 15 inch wheels, uh, you have less side flex, obviously in the tire and B it allows them to have bigger brakes. Well, how much bigger brakes? Well, uh, they used to have 12.7 inch rotors all the way around. They now have 15 inches in the front and 14 in the back. Why is that good? Well, better stopping power. There's a bigger surface area. Also better way of cooling the brakes. Uh, if you ever watched uh, any races at Martinsville specifically, is what's coming to my mind. You'll notice about a little bit into the race and when they show that there's always a camera view of the brakes at Martinsville and you'll notice them glowing red hot. Not to say you won't get that with these brakes, but you're going to get a lot less because so you have that bigger surface area and a better area, better chance of cooling the brakes properly. So that's uh, another another big change there. So we already talked about the independent rear suspension now let's talk about what's hooked up to that and that is a new sequential transmission uh the old transmissions were h pattern four speeds nothing wrong with i don't have anything against h patterns uh but the new one is a five speed which is a little closer production like obviously most production cars these days for instance my truck has an eight speed and most of them are sitting around probably you know six to I think 11 at this point six to 10 or 11 speeds five speed obviously is not that much but you also have to remember that these cars are under a lot more load uh they have more power they have 670 horsepower i believe uh and that the having too many speeds reduces the strength of the gears so five speeds is pretty a pretty good uh good way to go sequential meaning That uh, rather than rowing through the gears, like in an H pattern, like I was saying, uh, you basically bump it forward, go down a gear, and pull it back to go up a gear. If you want a kind of a a description of that, or a better way of looking at that, think of like a video game or whatever, where you have a steering wheel, and it it pushes, and I'm I'm sure you you get the idea. Uh, The reason for the sequential transmission as well is that in the coming years, in order to attract more manufacturers, nascar plans on going to a hybrid engine uh, we don't know when that is we don't have any specifics on that but uh, it's one of the many ways they're trying to attract more manufacturers to nascar uh, i know the diehard fan base of nascar uh doesn't care for that they don't care for toyota i don't like look more money more participation is always better i think um you have to think about know there's no euro manufacturers well maybe more europeans would be into nascar if there was a euro manufacturer an audi a vw uh bmw whatever um not saying any of those are on the horizon to come over i I don't really know that i'm not on the inside of nascar there is talk that uh, dodge is going to come back uh and i hope they do uh so something that's kind of cool is uh so there's a decreased lower sorry there's a lower roof line in the new car and it uh, has decreased the ability to see out of the back. So something that they kind of did, and it's kind of interesting, I thought, uh, was they put a mandatory rear view camera in the cars. Uh, I believe you're allowed to mount it wherever you want to. I know Austin Dillon, the driver of the three car, has come out saying he has it kind of down by his left leg almost, so he can kind of just look down at it. Uh, That's a pretty cool feature, uh, being that it's hard to see out of the back to have that feature always on and kind of... But then also to kind of have it tucked out of the way. So the old chassis were all made in-house at each uh, race shop uh, by skilled fabricators and, and everything like that. Uh, the problem with that is that it is very expensive. Uh, the new ones are built built at another manufacturer. I believe it's Delara, but I'm not 100% sh- uh, sure on that. Uh, but they're built in three pieces. The idea behind this um, is that A you used to have different cars for different tracks you'd build you'd be like that's my short track car that's my road course car that's my uh mile and a half car that's my super speedway car and each one had a different chassis the new ones won't be like that you're going to have one type chassis for all the race surfaces and all the race type of tracks the three piece sectioning is in order to have a quick turnaround to be able to fix a chassis if you are involved in an accident. So say you head on into somebody, just the front part would crumple, you would unbolt that, you would cl- bolt on a new clip, and you would take it back out. You could take it back out next week if you wanted to. Uh, I believe most, main, most of these race teams are looking to have around five cars per team at any given time. So all three manufacturers' cars are going to have uh, louvers coming out of the hood. And so kind of to explain that, Looking at my model car again, unless you're watching or listening on the podcast, the old hoods were obviously flat. There's no hood scoops. There's no scoops. There's no way of air getting out. Now, the problem with that is, is that when the air comes in, it would hit the radiator, and then the air would almost get trapped in behind in the engine bay, trying to find its way out. Now, that's all well and good, uh, but that causes drag. So, in order to reduce that drag, they would tape up the front grille. Taping up the front grille though would allow the air to flow more easily over the top of the car, but then you would run into cooling problems because obviously you're not getting air into your radiator. If you remember kind of back in the day, they really haven't done this in a few years, they used to tape, they would tape them fully solidly up for for qualifying, go out there, start it just in time, run the two laps, and then bring it in as that thing would be spitting water out of the overflow because it would be overheating. They don't do that anymore, but they do still tape it up. But with the louvers, what happens is is you allow the air to come in to the radiator and then to escape over the top of the car, finishing to a nice uh, clean airflow over the top. Uh, Something else they did was in looking at the bottom of my model car here, because this is one of my more detailed ones, uh, is they used to be like, you you see all your parts here. It's not flat, it's not nice or anything like that. The new ones are completely flat. They're completely covered. All this stuff you see here in the video, if you're watching on the video or not, uh, is all now covered up. So a completely smooth bottom end. And that's funny to say, sorry. Um, Now, the purpose of that is to allow a cleaner airflow underneath, but then it also will end up in a rear diffuser. A rear diffuser, as you can see, is not on my model car, it cleans up the air from underneath the car to allow for cleaner air hitting the car behind. Now, when I say that, the, the last generation cars and probably the generations before that, all had a problem with what was called dirty air. Dirty air meaning that when you're right behind somebody you have no air hitting the front of your car that's great at a super speedway when you want to draft somebody and then shake and bake slingshot around them if you've watched uh, talladega nights um but it's not great when you're trying to go through a turn at say a mile and a half track and the air you did once have on the front of your nose creating down force is now gone and you're now pushing through the corner because you don't have that pressure on the front of the car uh, so with the new diffuser, the idea is it takes that smooth air coming from underneath and cleans it up more so that the car behind is still getting air on the front nose, which should allow for more passing. Cause what you'd see a lot of times is a car would pe- uh, catch another car and then stall out behind it because it could no longer per- get the downforce on the front of the car to handle the way it was when it was catching that car. That problem will never go away, but this will help. So lastly, the new next-gen car is now equipped with rack and pinion steering. Uh, the previous all-generations were using recirculating ball steering. I'm not going to go into dis- describing to you what recirculating ball is versus a rack and pinion. Uh, I would love to do that episode one day. But at, for right now, let's just say recirculating ball hasn't been used in manufacturing, oh, sorry, in road-going cars since the 80s. So at best, that technology used in these NASCAR Cup cars was 40 years old. So there you have it. Uh, That's a kind of semi-quick breakdown of what the next-gen car uh, looks like versus the older car and kind of what some of the stuff is that's new. There are obviously other things that are new. But for right now, I think that's kind of hitting on the major points. Um, I kind of hope that being that these cars now are going to look more like the production cars because if you looked at the last-gen car, they all looked... Fairly close to the same, uh, minus the stickers. So all the manufacturers wanted to have more of a brand identity, and I think this car does that. Um, and I hope we get back to the days of what wins on Sunday sells on Monday because uh, I think that was kind of the best of times uh, for NASCAR is to have that major manufacturer pushing behind. And I hope more manufacturers jump in and uh, join up. And, and I hope that happening brings more fans to nascar because as much as people like i to me nascar is doing a great job of trying to keep up with what the fans want they're adding more short tracks they added a dirt track they added road courses to try and keep it uh mixed up and i think that's great because i think the drivers who race in this series should be the best and at all the disciplines so with that until next time i'm clint thanks for listening to car space and drive safe